Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Anthony Skinner, producer of the show, and we are happy that you are here with us today. Today we've got part two with Don Miller, and we are talking about the Enneagram, story brand, and business. Before we get to the interview, I just want to remind you that you can help us out here at Typology by joining patreon.com forward slash typology. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash t-y-p-o-l-o-g-y. Contributing a dollar a month or five dollars a month or ten dollars a month to help us with all of the cost to bring this show to you. We really appreciate your participation. Now, on with what you've been waiting for, part two, the continuation of Ian's conversation with the one and only Don Miller. And now, here's the host of our show, Ian Cron. I actually want to talk about business for a second. I love it. Can we do that? Yes. All right. We just talked about personal narrative and, and the importance of this uh, individual's yeah, life. I'm looking at the clock. I know I got a little bit of time left with you. We're good. Um, so um, tell people about what story brand is so that we have they have context as to why I'm why I want to zero in on this subject. You know, my elevator pitch is most business leaders are so close to their products and services, they really don't know how to describe them. Right. They may even think they know how. Right. But they're not doing it very right. well. And so they're not getting a response. And some people feel like, oh, it's my product, it's me. It's not. It's the way you're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a seven-part framework based on these ancient elements of story, 2,000 years old, uh, that help them filter that message down into seven sound bites. And when you repeat those seven sound bites, and I mean repeat them over and over in on websites, <clears throat> emails, marketing collaterals, keynotes, elevator pitches, you see a dramatic, dramatic response. Let me right. give you an example. What did Jeb Bush want to do with America? I I, I, mean, I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. Nobody does. What does Donald Trump want to do with America? Make America great again. Okay, he reduced a message down to seven, or well, not quite seven for, in his sake, sound bites that uh, regardless of whether you like them or not, uh, they are the rules of story. People will be interested in this, and they will not be interested in anything else. Mm-hmm. So Jeb Bush was sharing an enormous amount of information. Uh, I'm a fan, actually. I mean, he wrote a book on education, but wrote a book, a wonderful book on education, wrote a book on immigration. Nobody read it. Right. Uh, Trump reduced immigration policy down to a soundbite and got elected. Mm-hmm. Like him or not, there's something that you can learn from that. And you can be bitter all you want, but if you want to actually contend with any of that, you need to reduce your message down because people aren't going to listen right. unless you do so. And that's unfair and it's sad. But it's actually a survival mechanism. I mean, the average consumer is encountering 3,000 commercial messages a day. Uh, you can't survive if you actually sit and nuance every one of those mm. messages. So, yeah, totally. You're not going to do it. So you have to, in a very short period of time, be able to communicate something that makes people say, I'm curious. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the, the phases of relationship are curiosity, enlightenment, and commitment. Mm-hmm. And most of us, when we're selling product, Repeat we that jump again. Say that again. curiosity, enlightenment, and commitment. Great. Okay. So a guy becomes curious about a woman uh, if you're at a certain age with a, a waist to hip ratio. Uh, a girl becomes curious about a guy with a broad shoulders. Those are survival mechanisms, by the way, procreation mm-hmm. mechanisms. Totally. But then you actually sit down and you meet them and you say, this guy's a jerk or this girl's, <laughs> this girl's terrible. And she did not enlighten you. You didn't go to the next phase of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. But let's say you're enlightened. You say, not only does she has a great waist hip ratio, which you'd never say to yourself, it's happening in your subconscious. She's really terrific. Right. Like, I, this could be a companion. And then over the years, you know, you really, and then you commit. I'm going to, I don't want to be with anybody else. I want to be with this person. Mm. Those are the natural phases of relationships. They're the natural phases of relationships with politicians, with romantic partners, with professionals, and with brands. And the inviting somebody into a story checks those boxes, curiosity, enlightenment, and commitment. And my framework helps businesses do that, but not just businesses. I mean, we, really, we help right. tons of nonprofits, uh, political leaders, um, you know, people who have, people who need to get news stories out about hard things that are happening in the world, and nobody is paying attention uh, to those difficult things because we're interested in Donald Trump's latest tweet. Um, and we're, we pride ourselves at StoryBrand in saying that person needs the microphone. So let's help them clarify their message so that they get heard. Because I think a lot, I think a lot of great people have the microphone right now, but a lot of bad people have the oh, microphone gosh. too. And, and so we, we pride ourselves in helping people clarify mm. a message and, and mm. be heard. So you, you, there are two people uh, in, the, in business that have said things to me over the years, because I'm a four, you know, I'm an artist mostly, uh, but I got that three wing. I'm pretty ambitious, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So there were two people who've helped me. Uh, one is our mutual friend Mike Hyatt, and he's, yeah. he mu- he has many times helped me. Actually, many S- same times here. helped me. Uh, but you said something once that really helped me. You that was kind of a like a little click moment for me. Uh, you read a galley of the Road Back to You before it came out. We mm-hmm. were we were together. In fact, you were teaching story brand material at a place where we were both consulting, a group that we were both consulting with. And I sat through it with you. Um, I sat through it with uh, another one with a group with JJ, you know, presenting, yeah. Pre- yeah. presenting it as well. And um, But you said to me, you texted me from the airplane that you were on. I think you were looking at it on the airplane. And you said, you have got to do something with the Enneagram business. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've sort of, at the time, I, you know, I just sort of stored that away in, in the back of my brain. And, I, and so I did. I have. I have begun to do this. And, and it has been awesome. So I, I owe I you a, knew, a great thanks. I knew you would love that. Do you, do you, can I, I'm going to confess a little bit. Can I tell you what I actually said? What was it? It wasn't a text message, it was an email. And I said. That's right. And it was a long email. It was a long email. And I said, and I worried, I go even though we that. knew each other fairly well then, I still worried that you would find this offensive. I'm now worried that your listeners will find this offensive. I said, Ian, your framework and everything that you're talking about is worth 99 bucks for sure for for a weekend conference at our local church. For sure. Every bit of 99 bucks. The exact same framework is worth $10,000 right. if you can help my team be more unified and more right. productive. Right. So you, you just choose which direction you want to take this thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, right. that's more or less what my <clears throat> email right. said. And I, I literally think every, I just think so much in sustainable business models. Right. I mean, how can you leverage whatever this is for the most positive impact? And I sent that email and I, I, I sent it and I just thought, 
I hope he's not offended, but I really hope he explores this. So I because did, this guy could have yeah. 50 people representing him in businesses all over the world in five years. Mm. Yeah. So I have. And what's interesting is, um, uh, so if, if I were going to say, okay, what, what's the, what, what do I want to talk about on this, on this podcast, right? It would be the Enneagram in business. And, um, but that's not just for people in business. Um, it's for people in, in all you know, facets of life, just, just for a moment. Cause I, I think, you know, this is something I've been learning. So last week I did a corporate day in the Bahamas one day with the company with their top 60, 85 GMs from, from around the country. Mm-hmm. Next week I'm doing it for one of the top three labels, music, you know, record labels here in town. I want to say which one it is yet from their CEO all the way down to like number 65 in, inside. Yeah. And they're yeah. coming in from around the world. Discovery Channel. I did Discovery Channel. Uh, Mike Hyatt, obviously, his yeah. his group. Ramsey Solutions. I did 600 people there. Um, and, and the more I do it, the more I dig it. Oh, it's so fun, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. And here's the great thing about it. I didn't think it would be. It. It's hard you know, to measure. Worried. You know, people have come up to me for years, and I'm very grateful for them. They say, you know, Blue Like Jazz changed my life, or a Million Miles changed my life, or these sorts of things. That means a lot. I'm not going to underplay it. It means a lot. But when somebody comes up to me and says, somebody came up to me the other day and said, I read Building a Story Brand. I took your advice and did three things, and I've already netted top revenue a million dollars that I can apply to those things. The fact that you can measure that just meant a lot to me. Right. And, you know, I know what these people are doing with the money. They're giving it away. They're providing health care. They're doing wonderful things. And so... I think that the same thing with Enneagram. Can I, can I tell you another book that I would love to read from you? Which one? Uh, it would be um, The Nine Personality Types, and each broken down into two parts. Here's how you should lead as an Enneagram 8 or 9 or 1 or 2, and here's how you should uh, lead this type. So if you are a 9, here's how you should lead. Your pros and cons. Be aware of this. It's going to be a problem. Play into this strength. This is really where people are going to light up around you. And... If you're not a nine, here's how you should lead a nine. So once you find out they're a nine, mm. here's what you should do to lead these people. Mm. Uh, you know, similar to DISC or, uh, or those sort of profiles, I would love that book. And not only that, it would be, wouldn't just be a book that would be an enjoyable read, it would be a constant reference. Yes. Mm. You would keep pulling it out going, right. man, I haven't actually been close to a five in a long time. Right. Right. You know, what do they need? I'm literally thinking of my friend Dave Price right now. He's a five. Huh. I need that book. Right. right, I need to go, oh, Dave and I have to have a conversation about some software development. Uh, oh, you know what? Let me grab that book first. Yeah, so I just want you to know that this has helped me because I'm actually doing a, a, a deal right now, a licensing deal on something. And when I found out that the guy who is um, sort of the lead negotiator on it was a five, it completely changed the way I approached mm-hmm. the conversation. Yeah. Utterly changed it. If I knew he was a one, utterly would have changed it. No, I'm not being manipulative. I'm just being aware that there are different types of people in the world. And if I were to live with the assumption that my way of seeing the world is the only normal way. Right. The Enneagram says there are nine normal ways <laughs> of seeing the world. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about threes for a second then. Right. So okay. uh, on that very question. Right. So typically um, as leaders, you know, you, you tend to love to lead task oriented meritocracies. I do. Mm-hmm. Task oriented meritocracies. Explain it. What is that? Well, um, so they'd be very action based and yes. you you get up the ladder by how well you perform. Yes. You know, if you don't perform Oh, you mean that, that's the, that's what that's I want a leadership within style. my organization? No, it's a leadership style for threes. Is yeah. that you're drawn toward that and would probably lead best in that sort of a system. Very results based. Very re- and quantifiable. 
Yes. In fact, you just use the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you measure. can measure it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, and that's very three. <laughs> right. They, they want to be in environments where success is measured. So, it's like, so a lot of threes would hate ministry, let's say, because how do you measure impact? I literally, there was somebody who was trying to spend time with me today, and right. I, I couldn't. Right. Uh, and I said to my wife, uh, as, I, as I left for this interview, I said, I said, you know, the, the hard thing about that is this person has a ministry mindset, mm-hmm. and so they get paid to have coffee. Mm-hmm. They don't understand, like, there's, we, I, I have to be in meetings. Mm-hmm. I don't get paid to have coffee. I don't mean that as an insult, but sure. that's so funny that you brought that up because yeah. I would die in that environment. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and that was very hard for me, and that's one of the reasons I'm not, I don't do that full time anymore is just because, or at all anymore, because I, I could, I, in the morning, I was, how do I know if I'm a success today or not? What a beautiful you, thing. You know? I mean, those people seem so much more healthy than me. Though. <laughs> well, they're just, they're just different creatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it doesn't, it's not better or worse. It's just, you know, that's what they bring to the table. Yeah, you know, is that exactly. gift, the coffee gift, yeah. you know, the coffee gift. Um, but you're very much, if you were a three leader, you're a just do it person. You, you tend to have, you know, not a whole lot of uh, empathy for people who bring personal problems to work. It's like, leave that at home. Oh, we got crap man. to do today. This is, really feels like reading my diary. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, back. You know, things like, uh, you know, your communication style. If you just know different types of communication styles. Yes. Okay. So your communication style tends to be promotions. Like your most threes are great sales and they're very inspiring, especially when they're healthy. They really inspire people. And I've seen you on your feet and it's inspiring. Well, it's very kind. Well, it's very true. I mean, you know, uh, you are. You get up there and you talk about the story and how it can adrenalize a whole company and a team you know into becoming something different you know mm-hmm. um and uh so you, you you can also make people feel a little behind or lazy because you're so driven that everyone else kind of goes god i can't keep up with that or you, you know that's a unintended consequence of your particular style as a leader it's like how do i know if i'm measuring up to somebody who's achievements far eclipse mine and probably always will because they're just built for it right right i mean that's a little bit of a problem with my friendship with mike if i were to compare (laughs) myself to michael hyatt's success and he's a you know quintessential three i would always be in a deficit Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like and and so i feel that way about bob goff yes another person yeah another you just got to stop comparing yourself at some point Mm -hmm. totally and it's not good to do in any area of life but certain numbers like ones and fours and you know bob's probably like an eight with a nine wing or seven with an eight wing seven yeah yeah. oh my (laughs) seven with a seven wing oh my gosh no question about it and obviously you know if you're working if a three is working for you like for example i would say uh make sure that there are success there are metrics and there are rewards like you, you want to make sure there's a there's some kind of reward that recognizes them as a success publicly, and because they're going to chase the next bone. If you you, you know what I'm saying, yes. like they need incentive. They're, they're they're incentivized that way. Is this your next book? I know. I'm just talking to you about it. You got to write this book. Can I give you a title? Sure. To lead and be led by Ian Cron. Wow. The nine ways people lead and follow. Mm. A right. subtitle. The subtitle. 
right. a Bible for interacting with others in the workplace. Wow. That's great. I Maybe another book we should write together, for crying out loud. I mean, I just think... Well, I wrote the title. Oh, I'll give you credit for it. You know, I give you I credit for it. If I can have the one thing that I, I wanted from you earlier, uh, but, well, we'll, then you can have the title. I will bargain and, on the lawn. There we we'll go. We'll bargain on the lawn when you're done. <laughs> but, you know, you, you want to make sure that, that they that they are they're operating in a bottom line world, that effectiveness, efficiency, you appeal to those things with them. You know, mm. like I'm doing a gig next week. I know there's going to be a lot of threes. I know there is. I've, I've spoken to yeah. a person who yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah. And it's an investment First thing. First words York I'm going to be talking about are, <laughs> if you use the Enneagram, I promise you that I will increase productivity efficiencies in this place that will, in the end of the day, may look fuzzy and psychology therapeuticized to you and all that junk. I promise you will better your bottom line because I've seen it time and again and the research proves I'm right. And you will be rewarded for understanding what I'm about to say. You will be, re- yeah, you you will will, be rewarded in life. Yes, mm. because it's it really is all about relationships, wow. people. How do you how do you motivate? I, I actually don't think I have any nines on my staff. So, yes. so, But how do you motivate a nine? Well, I mean, uh, nines tend to gravitate oftentimes. And there are obviously exceptions. Uh, they, they tend to gravitate toward middle management um, because they they don't want the conflict that comes with being at the front of the parade where you got to fire people or hold people right. accountable. And they don't want to work on the weekends either. I mean, the, their stamina level oftentimes doesn't match some of the demands of, of leadership. Um, you know, um, I think to lead a nine, you've really, you got to stay on top of the inertia problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I think... Um, when they're in a really great place, I think the their superpower is consensus building. Like they can bring together teams of people and get them if they're healthy. People love them. They totally they do. Love a nine. Yeah, and you better not mess with a nine because the nine will take it and absorb it, but everybody right. around them will. Well, you know, our best presidents are nines. Which makes people go, Reagan, really? eight with a nine wing? Nine Reagan was wing? a nine. Oh my gosh, for sure. Remember, he was like Who riding was a, a horse at Camp David while everybody else was back in Washington working. <laughs> yeah. You know? Who else but was it, a nine? I think Clinton was. Everyone thinks he's with three. I think I think he, he was a That's nine. interesting. Yeah. How else could you forge a peace in Bosnia and Northern Ireland if you weren't a deal, a guy who knew how to bring consensus to the table? He does. Have you heard, um, oh, Dick Morris's description of Bill Clinton? Yes. The, yeah. the the reflector light on the road? No, I haven't heard that one. He basically uh, said Bill Clinton is like a reflector light on the side of the road, meaning, you know, like those little mm. red yeah. things tapped on mailboxes. He said he will shine back at you who you are. Right. And the second you pass, he goes out. Wow. So he, he isn't a, a self. He is a reflection of you in the moment. Okay, well, that does sound wow. more three-ish, right? Well, that's but what I mean. it also I, I sounds, it, was a it could be nine-ish if, it, if yeah. what he's doing is merging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually talked. We talked about this before, with right? So now, so what I mean by that is that so another person who was his chief of staff, Panetta. Who was it? Or there were a few, but Panetta was a good one, right? Okay, he said about Clinton essentially that he wasn't slick willy. Um, he he was uh, a guy that uh, was um, could get people around a the table. They all felt so heard and understood by a nine that they felt he was agreeing with them. So that when they left the table, they thought they had won, you know, whatever was being negotiated. And when he didn't pick them, they said, he's a liar. He's <laughs> slick willing. And it was like, and Panetta said, I used to have to go around behind him and tell them, he never agreed with you. 
Now that's very nine. Yeah, he affirmed uh, you and yes, and you also liked know, you, but he didn't agree with you. He so empathized, he so felt your pain, right? That you believed he was on your side, uh, when actually, no, he just really understood deeply what you were saying and saw the merits yeah. in it. But at the end of the day, he had to pick somebody who had was right at the table to align with. And if he's a fairly healthy nine or surrounded by healthy people, he would be able to say, because if you're unhealthy, a nine would never say who it was. Right. They would just, you know, remain indecisive and ambivalent. And then he would say, well, Bob Bob wins the at the table here. And all the other people would be like, you know, he, he's a liar. He fooled us. He was slick. He was this. He was that. So anyway, I, so all to say, they can be great leaders, but they lead by consensus. And, you know, Which leading is, them, I think, necessary. is more complicated yeah. than, than that. I think it's more more complicated. You've got to, will you come on my podcast and when you have rough sketches yeah. of how to lead as this personality type and how to lead this personality type? Yeah, sure. We well, can do on? that pretty fast. That's yeah, not even. We, we, let's, we, but you can workshop it on my show. Sure. I can do that. That's not, I mean, I'm, right. you know, We're any day. It. I'm going to book Give it. me a couple of weeks. That's not, I mean, it wouldn't, it's not that, I do it in already in my business presentations you know we're looking for we're, we're looking for content for march oh okay i'm all that in sounds, that sounds fascinating yeah, yeah no it, it it is pretty fascinating and it's so helpful so like let me give you an example of how helpful this is in in, in companies because i also want to talk about story in companies for a yeah. second because i also think i'm going to circle back to this that every company is also a type i, I i've heard every country is a type not every company you want an example? Well, also, every, I would imagine every company too, but I would think, totally. and it, it, I would think it, it it comes down from the leadership. And if you, yeah, and if the leadership um, is not aware of the story, how their story is affecting the broader culture, right? Yeah. It may have consequences they don't want and that they don't understand. What's Apple? Well, uh, it's a great question. Coca-Cola is uh, seven. Yeah. Life uh, is hard, but we choose to look at it in a, through a positive lens. That's Coca-Cola's whole brand identity. Right. Arguably, it's a, it's a uh, it could be a one culture. Apple? Mm-hmm. Just because of, I mean, the reason I say it is We're jobs. We're here to change what's wrong. That's marketing, though. Maybe, I mean, I think inside it may be different. I don't know. But, well, I mean know, the brand identity, I guess. Oh, you're talking about brand identity? For Apple. 4-3? Well, it has four components, but I think ones and fours, I mean, that's that perfection of design, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, and they're maybe a reformer side because they do want to bring change, you know, like on that well, reformer you know, side of the, one. The big thing when Jobs came back from Pixar was the world sees you as a misfit, you are misunderstood, Apple sees a secret genius, and we're giving you a tool with which you can be heard. Mm-hmm. That was the message when Jobs came back from Pixar, and it made it blew up the company. Mm-hmm. That seems like a... A four, at least appealing to a four, you've never been understood. You've always something's always been wrong with you, but secretly you're a genius with a three wing. <laughs> well, you know, I read Jobs, That's you know, great. the Walter Isaacson Jobs. Yeah, 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 I did read that. And to be honest with you, I think he very easily could have been a very, very unhealthy seven who went to yeah, one. Yeah, I always assumed he was an eight, but went to the low side of one. In 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 stress. So what do ones do when they're? What's the, what's the low side well, of one? I mean, they become very critical. They, yeah. uh, you know, the perfectionism goes off the chart. Uh, he could have been somebody that also, you know, he could have been sexual for possible. They could be cruel, and Jobs was cruel. 
Yeah. The other possibility is is that the Enneagram can't account for what possibly is really a personality disorder, which maybe would be obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Mm. Not OCD, but the personality disorder, which he clearly has some, you know, something was going on. Of. Oh yeah, there was something going on. The genius came with a price for sure, yeah. you know. But Herman Miller or Tiffany's four, right? Uh, you know, uh, Mary Kay too. Mm, yep. Right. Give everybody, you know, give everybody a little compliment, then a little criticism, followed by a compliment. You know what I mean? Like McDonald's this is, seven. Yeah. The post office nine. <laughs> right. Bureaucracies. I mean, think about government bureaucracies. They tend yeah. to have a nine flavor to them. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Ramsey one. A one reformer. Man, when I was there, I found out that the majority. Now, Dave's, I think. I don't, it's probably I don't know, an eight. It's probably an eight. You know him. I don't really know him. But, Wonderful guy, by the way. Yes. Oh, no question. Yeah. I love what he does. But when I polled 600 people inside of his company, uh, what their type was, all ones. And think about why. That is fascinating. So it's a wow. one culture. Look at look at that campus. Look how it's run. Why would that like attract a, a one? It would attract a one because they are now given the opportunity to teach people to live within their means more appropriately, align with values, Right. This is all, this is like one would be going, you're paying me to do this? Like, this is perfect for me. You know what, I get? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and I'm just teaching absolutely. people how to be good. A lot of social justice workers are one. Oh, yeah. Ralph Nader. Teachers, be, a lot of teachers are one. Uh-huh. Ralph Nader, be, yeah, Ralph Nader. Totally, yeah. He'd be the reformer side of one. I think. What, if, the, what if to lead and be led, what if part of it is now you have to, there's a whole other section on the, the personality type of your organization. Totally. And, mm. and there is a, like I've walked into companies and felt the cultural type associated with it. And yeah, a lot of times it comes from upstairs. A lot of times it's a, a ghost from a previous, right? you know, a leader. Um, you know, Jack Welch, GE8. <laughs> that's right. right? I mean, yeah. that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, America, I think, is three. Uh, Peru is nine. I would argue we're not three anymore. That we're turning into eight? Six. Or we're turning into... Fear. As a culture. Fear. Yeah. More, well, I think you told me 50% of the population are phobic Enneagram sixes. Well, right? just sixes? I mean, that's speculation, you know, that right, the right, majority... Right. I don't... You know, some people say 50. Sometimes I'm like, that's you can't, a little, I that's a little specific. can't understand why the masses think the way they do or fear things that okay, of so which there's nothing to fear. I know we got to go, and but let would, me just... That would make sense. I know your time is... You, I just want to tell you this, though. It'll make sense to you, and you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate it. And this is also about companies and, and stuff like that. We were a three country that was very forward-looking, and it was all about we can get ahead, and we can be a success story. Horatio Alger, right? Right. Now, we're a country that says, the past is behind us. We need to go back and get it. We're afraid... It's all about security and border walls and, you know, you know, we're going to be attacked. That's all six. Mm-hmm. And all those people who live with that kind of anxiety and worst case scenario thinking are, remember, Driven authority figures are the big theme in sixes' lives. They're looking for an outside authority to tell them they're safe and that they can help them remain safe. That's all six stuff going on, man. That's all that is. So, you know, and of course, you know, they don't use the word Enneagram maybe, but they, they certainly... You know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, people it, that know the no human beings it, know it, that that's how it goes, right? No, you told me you told me that a, a significant population were Enneagram sixes, and so much political messaging began to make sense. Mm. Oh, absolutely! Because it was just a mystery to me before that. Mm. Yeah. So, in closing, 
right? What I want to say is about your, your recommendation about business for me has been really revelatory. And maybe sometime we can, maybe on your show, get you back on this one, you know, just to talk about um, how the Enneagram can, you know, help all kinds of organizations, nonprofits, for-profit, doesn't matter, actually do things like keep people employed, keep mm-hmm. engagement happening. That interests me. Right? Like, because engagement is a huge issue. Uh, make people feel valued for their contribution and feel like you actually listen to what they're saying to you as a leader. Well, and even, even a, a, you know, a, a checklist of... Totally. These are the n- nine things your company needs to have or do to make sure you're covering everybody's engagement quota. Right. Mm. Oh, 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 and how about this? That's good. Let's um, write this book. How about this? In marketing, because I've, I've actually done this with some marketing people and with salespeople. You know that there are nine different types of people out there. Are you taking that into account when you do marketing? Come on, that's a whole other book. You want to do the story brand guide to Enneagram and marketing? <laughs> I need a job, man. I need you to hire me. You, you don't need a job. You're the, you're the most successful four on the planet. Anyway, Don, thank you for being on, man. This is uh, wonderful. I, 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 uh, I, I, we have to quit because I have a, a conference call because I'm, I'm a very important three. Yeah, very. But I know that. We could have gone for another two hours and not known it. Well, I mean, it. This is, you know, this is like the, this is like the kind of conversation that makes my adrenaline run all day. Just keep, it's just so good. So, so you got to return the favor. You'll come back on my show. We'll talk about the nine types. I promise. We could just do, we could do two episodes: nine types and how they lead, and nine types and how you should lead them. Totally. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna do it in March. I have the material now. Let's do it in March. All right. Sweet. Anthony, so good to meet you. Great to meet you, Don. Thanks for coming on. Ian, really wonderful to be with you. Yeah, this was a hoot. Thank you for listening to the Typology Podcast. We didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, and thank you for you know uh, listening to uh, you know build, building a story brand podcast. I think I think um, I, I can't wait to be on it. And listen, best of Betsy and Lucy, and what's the other dog's name? Again? June Carter. June Carter. How could I not remember that? I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan. All right, everybody, remember the words of the great Oscar Wilde: "Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken." We'll see you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.